Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, time for another episode of Two Dudes in the Kitchen. These are my favorite episodes when we get to answer listener questions out there. Tyler, how are you, buddy? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing so good. Uh, I imagine you're still floating around the country in Florida now. Yep, yep. So uh, great food truck race season, 17. Uh, This is the 15th year we've been shooting the show. And last year, we had our highest ratings year ever. Well done. Which is just wild. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Um, Discovery, um, which is their parent company, Food Network, uh, merged with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. So now they're cross-pollinating all the shows everywhere. So so we were on the homepage of HBO Max, or what they call Max now. So mm-hmm. if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you got introduced to the Great Food Truck Race. So we had this massive swell of viewership last year, which is just so exciting. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, right before this podcast, I did an um, interview uh, about my new cookbook coming out in May. Um, but uh, we started kind of moving into the great food truck race and the phenomenon of what we've done from a cultural perspective is, I think, my my greatest achievement on Food Network. Because before food trucks, uh, like 10 years ago, when we started shooting the show. Uh, it was really hard to have a conversation about it because everybody thought they were gross. Yeah. Right. It was like the roach coach out by the airport. But but now it, it's it's a genre and I think is the definition of American street food. Right. So different cultures all over the world have their, their own kind of street food brand. And ours are food trucks now, which is really wild. And so we've kind of created both the supply and the demand for the model, showing people that if you want to jump into the restaurant game, there's a space for you for like 50 grand. You can kind of just get into it, get your social media game started, get a real good like v1 version of your grab and go thing or perfect it or just set the world on fire i mean koji barbecue in la i think it's just worth the trip 
Like Koji Barbecue in Los Angeles, if you can go find those trucks, it's probably the best thing you're going to eat all day long, if not all week. And it's just a, a Korean barbecue burrito, and it is amazing. So so I'm just really celebrating this. So so uh, we're, we're cruising around the panhandle of Florida, and then we're going to end up at the – South Beach Food and Wine Festival for the finale, which we haven't done before, uh, which is going to be really exciting. I'm going to give away 50000 bucks to the winner in front of a screaming crowd of Food Network fans. And I think it's going to be the best thing we've ever done, ever. I'm super excited about it. I love a food truck. Have you ever seen the movie Chef with John Favreau? I have. Yep, yep. Yeah, if you, uh, what one, it's it's a fantastic movie about a guy who starts a food truck, and the cast is amazing. John Favreau is the lead in it, but Robert Downey Jr. is in it, Just Dustin Hoffman's in it, uh, Sophia Vergara is in it, mm-hmm, Dr. Mm-hmm. Hansen. Anyways, fantastic movie. Real quick, do you have a favorite food truck, or like a favorite food truck style? You know what I like about that? So, so the interesting thing about food trucks, they do come and go very quickly, right? Yeah. So, you know, if, if somebody starts a food truck business, you know, the likelihood of that being around in two years, they either evolve or they pivot and do something else. But there's a, a, a food truck festival in San Francisco that happens once a month and it's called Off the Grid and it's at Fort Mason. And that is so much fun. And if you're in Los Angeles, Smorgasburg, which is in downtown LA, that new complex called The Row, that is unbelievable. That is food truck heaven. And so many great companies doing so many fun things. And uh, and t- there's always just kind of a they, they have nothing to lose, and it's like the safe space to be wildly creative. So you're gonna find all these amazing smash up like a, like a sushi burrito, a sushi rito, and you're you're gonna find these like really new hybrids of something that kind of feels like an elegant grab and go. You know the, what they call a QSR plus. So it's like Shake Shack as a grab and go or a QSR plus. So you're gonna get these like really fantastic food experiences off a of food truck. And there's so much fun. Like cities across the country are getting like four or five food trucks together and, you know, calling it food truck night downtown, you know, to get people kind of coming around. So it feels like a little mini festival. And I'm just so proud of that contribution with Food Network. I'm honestly, it's like, like I've shoot, I've had, I don't know, a dozen shows. We're currently pitching two new, two new concepts, which are going to be kind of fun. But I, I think my crowning achievement, cultural impact, what did we do? Uh, I think to ignite the food truck industry has been something I'm, I feel like I'm most proud of. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, food trucks are just the best. I remember I was living in Nashville and food trucks weren't a thing yet. And there was a new one that came out called the grilled cheesery and it was just grilled cheese sandwiches and they were mm-hmm. amazing. And then of course it became so popular that then there became a brick and mortar and, you know, now it's like a chain, I think. And it's amazing how just a small little food truck can turn into something really, really big. Yeah. Out of um, out of 17 seasons, we've had 12 teams go on and open very successful brick and mortar concepts. Yeah. So we got a real high hit rate on on this, the, the, the after effect of the show. Um, but um, yeah, they're, they're just so much fun. So we have um, so we, we're. We've got three trucks left. We start shooting here in Panama City Beach tomorrow, and um, and and the teams have been really cool, man. I mean, you know, we um, it's a competition reality elimination show, so we start with nine, and of course, we end up with one. Um, so the teams that sell the most move on to the next city, and the team that sells the least, I have to take their keys away. I take their food truck oh, no. away. Yeah, <laughs> their pink slip. <laughs> there, I give them the pink slip. But you know, we, so we start off with all these kind of fun competitions, and then it really starts to get serious. Man, we had a bunch of drama happen last week on the show. So like nice. one truck was talking about another truck in a way that backfired in their face. Love it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, just great. Really beautiful, exceptional, TV. A beautiful TV. So yeah. um, look out. There will be breakdowns and breakdowns on the great food truck race season 17 coming up. Well, I hope that there's a couple of food trucks that make delicious fried chicken because our question today is all centered around fried chicken, which is right in Tyler's wheelhouse. Quick break on two dudes. When we come back, we'll be answering at Angela Club's question about how to make the perfect fried chicken. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. It's Wells and Tyler Florence hanging out with you. We are answering listener questions. And today we have a question coming in from at Angela Club. She asks, my husband's family is from the South, but I fail at fried chicken every chance I get. Do you have any tips to help make the simplest fried chicken for a mediocre home cook? Well, you couldn't have come to a better place Angela, because Tyler is very well known for his fried chicken. Tyler, what say you? Okay, so here's the deal. Um, I grew up in the South. I had fried chicken in my baby bottle growing up. Uh, It's something I'm I'm really good at and I'm passionate about, right? So when we moved to San Francisco in 2007, we opened up Wayfair Tavern, which is our uh, flagship restaurant in the financial district. We're going to be 13 years old, 14 years old in June. And we, I, I put fried chicken on the menu. It was my wife's suggestion. Like the first iteration of the menu did not have fried chicken on it. She goes, you got to put your fried chicken on there. And I'm like, I just don't know if it really kind of fit. It was like supposed to be this like, you know, if, if you know restaurants in San Francisco, like Tadich Grill or Sam's Grill or whatever it is, this like like really old vintage restaurant thing. 
And I started to think about it. I'm like, fried chicken is going to smash. Now, I took the leap of extending the evolutionary branch of Southern fried chicken and created what I call California fried chicken, which has been knocked off to death. And I'm so proud of that. Um, But we changed the flavor profile from like, kind of like, you know, um, high cayenne, high paprika, high black pepper, high, you know, garlic powder, onion powder to uh, rosemary, sage, lemon, and garlic. So it tastes like roasted chicken, fried chicken, but we started cranking it out. It was our number one seller immediately. Um, it's the reason we're still in business today. I swear to God, especially through the pandemic. And uh, Food My Magazine said it was the ninth best fried chicken in America. So your boy knows how to cook some chicken. So you're in, you're in, you're in a good place. Okay. So now I'll kick it off to you, Wells. Do you want the the restaurant version or do you want the home version? What do you want to know about? What would be more interesting to you? I think Angela wants the home version. Because she says she's a mediocre cook, which I don't okay, believe okay. that. Anyone can be a great cook. Okay, so yeah, well, I think that the easy home recipe is what we're looking for. Okay, great. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the home version of this. And then if we've got time in the podcast, we can kind of get in the sciencey bit of what we do at Wafer Tavern because it's kind of fascinating, right? Okay. Okay, so so what you want to do first and foremost is you want to brine the chicken, okay? So so the salt content, like if, we, if you bought in the chicken and it's kind of like really seasoned on the outside, but once you get into the meat of the chicken, it's super bland. You didn't brine the burger, okay? So that, I think that's the first thing you got to do. So it's a two-part like salt solution to water. So if you've got like a big bowl of water, if you got a big bowl, like two tablespoons of salt um, and then garlic and then fresh thyme and lemon, and you want to brine the chicken two hours, anything longer than that, it's going to get a little rubbery. So two hours is that perfect uh, window to, to brine the burger, okay? So that's so through, so through osmosis, like the same way you kind of feel a little puffy after you've had a bunch of martinis or margaritas, like salt, especially dirty martinis, like like the salt will begin to like the chicken will begin to swell and soak up that flavor. So that salt's going to permeate all the way to the bone, all the way inside the chicken, and it's going to uh, bo- be both juicy and seasoned on the inside. Right. So that's the first thing I think about brining the bird. Right. The second thing is, is going to be um, a sort of a dry, wet, dry combination of buttermilk and hot sauce and a little bit of sugar and then we're going to talk about our, our our flour combination and then the but before we do that let's talk about our oil okay so you have to make sure you i, I like canola oil um you're from the south in mississippi as a matter of fact i just stopped by this um um this gas station in alabama that one of my chef friends said makes the absolute best Cajun fried chicken. And I haven't tasted fried chicken fried in peanut oil in a long time. And that was super special. It was really, really great. And the South, they used to fry it in peanut oil. I don't recommend that because you never know who's got a nut allergy. So I think canola oil is the best thing to do. And then and then you want to, um, how we do it, because like, again, that um, herb flavor profile, I really, really like it. I think it's very special. So when we heat up a pot of oil, what I'll do while the oil is cold, I'll I'll take in a bunch of rosemary, a bunch of sage, a bunch of thyme, and garlic uh, cloves with the paper still on, and I'll throw it into the oil cold, and I'll turn it up really, really slow and let the, the natural oil extraction happen into the oil itself. So now you're about to fry chicken, but you're about to fry an herb garlic oil, which is even just more bomb. Right, that's more fantastic. Right, so then, so then, when, once the herbs are nice and crispy and the garlic is nice and crispy, take it out, put it onto a paper towel, drain it. Don't throw it away because that's going to be your garnish on top. Okay. Okay. So now, so now, so you got your your bird that's been brined for two hours, um, and you want to fry the chicken at three hundred and seventy five degrees. So that's the magic temperature. Okay. Anything hotter than that, 
the the crust will start to cook on the outside faster than the chicken will cook on the inside. Anything colder than 375, like if you start off at 350, because the temperature of the chicken, let's just say it's kind of refrigerator cold. That's another thing. Another good tip is make sure you temper it so it's not cold going into the oil. You want to just leave it out on the counter for like a half an hour or so, let it come up to more of a closer to room temperature. So that that that, that temperature displacement thing, what they in, in the science of cooking, it, it's a little a little leaner. It's not such a big gap between the cold chicken and the hot oil. Because if your if your temperature drops below 325 when you when you're frying, the the crust will balloon off. It'll just it'll blow off. Because the chicken will steam itself from the inside out and just blow the crust off. Okay. Mm. So it's got to be hot enough to like sear the chicken and cook the crust while, you know, and it happens so quickly that the chicken can't shake the crust off. So it's got to be, so starting off at 375, you're going to get a little displacement. So you're going to drop the the chicken into the oil. It's going to drop around 350 and that's the sweet spot. Don't put, so if you have an Instarete thermometer, um, which is kind of critical, it's one of the most valuable pieces of cooking equipment you could ever have. Make sure your oil is 375. Okay, so now we got our chicken brined. We've got our oil in the sweet spot. It's perfumed with rosemary and garlic and sage, and it smells delicious. Now, now we're we're, we're going to talk about our 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 wet, which is going to be buttermilk, and then hot sauce. Um, wh- what's your favorite hot sauce? You got a brand? My buddy in Nashville named Jeremy Lister makes a hot sauce called Lister Blister, and it is the best hot sauce in the world. So that's very very niche. I would say, other than that, I'm a tapatio man. Crystal, uh, Tabasco. I just drove through Louisiana. I stopped in New Orleans for a couple of days. And so all those, pick your sriracha, like pick yeah. your hot sauce. It doesn't matter, right? But hold on. So you just you just mentioned a bunch of vinegar-based hot sauces. Is a vinegar-based hot sauce better than like a Mexican hot sauce for this recipe? Well, um, I mean, like if, if you want to get to like the difference between like a like a vinegar-based hot sauce versus a, a, a lacto-fermentation hot sauce, we could talk about that. I don't think it matters much. You just, okay. you want, you want a bright, acidity that kind of comes along with that and the buttermilk is kind of give you that anyway there's a like a nice kind of like high acid lemony flavor profile that kind of comes along with buttermilk um but you want to balance that out right so this is where you're going to get your first layer of heat from right and so it's buttermilk it's hot sauce and you want to add enough hot sauce to the buttermilk to make it pink and then you also want to add some sugar to that and salt Okay. Okay. So this needs to be a flavorful bath. So that's the wet side. So now you're going to take the chicken out of the brine, dry it off in the brine, and you're going to soak it in the buttermilk. Now you can soak it in the buttermilk for hours. It doesn't really matter at that point because it's just going to get more tender and start to break down and, and, and have that really kind of nice kind of like uh, creamy freshness uh, that comes along with the buttermilk. Highly recommended. Throw it to the uh, buttermilk bath you know, take that to your party, whatever it is, but, but you're in a good spot right there that you can make that ahead of time. Okay. Flour. So I like a uh, two thirds to one third all purpose flour to rice flour. Hmm. Why? Because it gets hella crispy and stays hella crispy. Okay. Okay. So, so if you go just straight flour, and this is like years of R and D, it's kind of what makes our our, our fried chicken at, at Wafer so special because the shattery crispy crust on the outside, it's electric. Mm-hmm. It's so good. The texture of fried chicken is one of those experiences that comes along with the flavor profile. The texture needs to be great. Okay, so so now w- when when it comes to like pizza pieces and parts of a chicken, I usually just like take a whole chicken and I cut it up into ten pieces. Okay, so that's going to be two legs, two thighs, obviously with the bone. Um, and then I'll take the breasts and kind of cut them through the equator. So they're about the same size as the thigh. 
And then you got two wings. You got 10 pieces. It's enough chicken for four people. You're in good shape. Now, if you want to go chicken tenders, if you want to take chicken breasts and cut them into strips, if you want to make like boneless chicken nuggets, like you can, you, the shape of the chicken is totally up to you. I like a whole chicken. What's your favorite piece? I'm a thigh guy. Thigh, for sure. Thigh. That's that's them. Thigh first, uh, wing second. Yeah. Then drumstick. Then breast. Then breast. Yeah. Then breast. Breast is like, and and some people would go straight for the breast. I, I, I go know. straight for the thigh. Dark dark meats where the where the match, magic happens. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, so you got the chicken into the brine. Now you're, you're gonna you're gonna take the chicken out of the brine and you're gonna throw it into this uh, seasoning mix, right? Okay, so and we haven't talked about that yet. So two thirds all-purpose flour, one third rice flour. You can make a little bit. You can make a lot. That's just the ratio. And then the flavor profile is very much my grandmother. Now, she didn't put a lot of paprika in her uh, chicken flour. She's a lot of garlic powder, a lot of onion powder, heavy black pepper, and then salt. And I like, and now you could add a little cayenne, you could add a little paprika. That's more kind of like a Georgia thing than anything. My my grandmother was in Georgia, but not a lot of paprika. Some people like a lot of paprika. I I just, I like, I like garlic and onion. Like that to me is like the really kind of, and heavy black pepper, aggressive Mm. black pepper, right? So then, then you're going to, you're going to take the the chicken out of the buttermilk brine. You're going to put it into the flour. Now make sure you make enough flour. Okay, so if you're not if if you don't think you've got enough flour to coat all ten pieces, so if you've got one, uh, your first uh, uh, chicken is successfully coated, and the last one is kind of clumpy, you didn't make enough flour, so just make more, right? I don't know exactly how much you're making; depends on how many 
you know, you're cooking for whatever it is, but just make sure you've got enough flour. Okay. So you, you want to, you want to, uh, 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 toss the chicken into the flour and then make sure you coat it really, really well. Now, another super duper pro hack, which is kind of fun. Uh, before I uh, dredge the flour, I'll take a, a couple of tablespoons, big fat spoons of the buttermilk brine and I'll, I'll drizzle it into the flour and then use my fingers and kind of mix it around where it makes clumps. Now those clumps are going to fry into like crispy bits. It's going to stick to the chicken. Mm, okay. Right? I, I see so that. So that's going to, that's good. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're just biting into like a thicker cross, which is kind of nice. Right. So then, so the chicken's got to go into the flour, make sure it's super well coated, press the flour into the chicken, press it into the chicken. Okay. Okay. Now then I, I've got a full arsenal of stuff at my house and obviously at the restaurants, but you want to get a sheet tray. You want to get a wire rack and then and then take the chicken, put it onto the wire rack, and then just kind of let it air dry for a little bit. Okay. okay. Just so so let let the let the um the the buttermilk dry out and create more of a hard crust. It'll look like unfried fried chicken, right? It'll have all the nooks and crannies, all the clusters, and, and all the only thing you're waiting to do is just cook it. Okay. So the bone pieces are gonna take longer, obviously, right? So I like to start with those first. So I'll take the thighs, I'll take the legs. Those will go into the, the oil. Now, you, you want to be really, really careful again when you find this. And this is super 101. It's a very 101 conversation. So if this seems simplistic, I apologize. But you don't want to overfill the pot with oil. Okay, because, again, there's 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 spatial displacement, there's temperature displacement. So when you put the fried chicken, it's going to be heavy and it's going to take up volume. And then then the 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 heat reaction with the flour, it's going to so the steam is going to start to uh, happen uh, immediately. And that's where you're going to get all the bubbles from. Okay, that's the steam coming, the moisture coming out of the chicken. And and you don't want to put so much oil into that where it's going to bubble over and make a big mess. It's also dangerous. It's really hot. Be careful. Okay. Now, another thing, which is again, super 101, when you're taking the chicken, you want to get relatively close to the oil. You don't want to drop it high. You want to drop it low and then drop it away from you, not towards you. So it doesn't splash. Yeah. Okay. Now it's got to cook until it floats plus one minute. Okay. Okay. Fry it until it floats plus one minute. And then, uh, and it just works like magic every single time. Now, if, if you're not incredibly sure if it's still pink at the bone, because that could freak some people out. If it's pink of the bone to me, I, I, I just eat right through it, but whatever. But like, like I, again, insert rate thermometer uh, right there close to the bone. You're looking for an internal temperature somewhere around 155. If you fry it to 160, 170, you're dehydrating the chicken on purpose. So don't do that, right? So cook it at, at 150 and it's still really, really hot and it'll continue to cook um as it's as it's, as it's starting to rest a little bit but 150 155 is that magic temperature where it's thoroughly cooked and, and still holding onto a lot of moisture mm -hmm. 160 165 170 for sure congratulations you've just dried out your fried chicken don't yeah. do that don't be that person okay then then so you you just want to kind of cook them in rotation don't overfill the pot um and another big thing to do is make sure that you've got a pot size wise that can do this my grandmother used to fry chicken in a cast iron, shallow cast iron pan. And I thought it was really great until I started getting into deep, fully deep fried fried chicken. And the crust is just better, right? So if you've got like fried chicken that's kind of cooked in a cast iron pan, some of the crust is starting to fall off already. But deep fried chicken is going to have this like evenly cooked, evenly coated, golden brown, crispy crust on the outside. Yeah. Now you've got all, you've got all your fried chicken kind of cooked, ready to rock and roll. And what are you going to serve with that? What do you like with your fried chicken? Um, hot sauce. Yeah. Uh, 
carrots, celery, mac and cheese. Whatever. Like you can get fancy served with salad. You can, you can kind of, you know, you can go. I feel like that wasn't the right answer. <laughs> Whatever. I think you were kind of taking it to like this like buffalo wing thing. But that's cool too, right? I mean, it's good. And so you can you can finish it however you like. Now, the most important thing for me, and again, it's just we, we, uh, we serve our fried chicken at Wait for Tavern with fresh lemon. And we encourage people to squeeze lemon over top of that. That last little hit, okay. that fresh lemon acid on top is, makes all the difference in the world. Squeeze fried chicken. Squeeze lemon on your fried chicken. Squeeze lemon on your fried chicken. Do it. It's great. Even if you're buying commercial fried chicken, fish with a little bit of lemon juice. Mwah, it's so good. Oof. And there's a couple different variations of that we can get into, but that's fried chicken 101. And then if you want to tiptoe into how we do it at the restaurant, that's the next conversation. Okay. Well, I, I feel like one, we've run out of time, but maybe that's a conversation for another episode. But I, I took away some things that I think that will help Angelo. One, I think, is the brining. That's a thing that people don't do normally. I don't think they don't think to do that. That's a really smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. The flour mixture is also a thing that I had never heard of that I think is a very, very smart thing to do. Last question about it, because I've heard this before and people and I know people do this. Cornflakes in the flour mixture. How do you feel about that? You know, it, it's it's just super kitschy. It's super kitschy. I, I've seen people like crush up Doritos, crush up like uh, you know yeah. uh, hot cheeto, hot Cheetos, and their fried chicken. You know, I, I don't think it makes much. I mean, will it taste interesting? Is it a talking point? Sure. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's better than my fried chicken. Okay. To be honest with you, I think the the thought is it makes it crunchier, right? And you don't really need that if you do the other trick that I liked, which was drizzle a little bit of that buttermilk into the flour mixture to get some of those little crumply cringly things. Yep. Yep. The crispy texture, like those look kind of like, like knobby pieces on the outside of the fried chicken that really kind of like genius gets that. Yeah. So they fry, they get really kind of clustery and like just hard snap and good crunch on the outside of it. It's delicious. Do you think it makes sense to buy a deep fryer? Like say, no, you can get small ones on Amazon for relatively cheap. Do you think that that's a good uh, investment if you are making fried chicken a bunch or should you just do the cast iron thing? I think those are great. Okay, so for, first of all, in your arsenal, in your cooking arsenal, you need to invest in a pot that you can cook lobsters in. Yeah. Right. So with that, you can make game day chili. You, of course, you you know you, you can make pasta for twenty. Uh, you can make a big thing of soup for the charity thing. You can you know you you, you can you, uh, you know fry turkey if you want to the holidays. But I'm talking about like a big pot that you can just do a lot with. Um, and it's amazing. My wife, I was out of town, but uh, she had some relatives come in and she cooked uh, dinner. For herself, for twenty five people, and we she pulled out the big pot, right? And so I I think that that's when you pull it out to make fried chicken because you need the room, you know, to like to cook the chicken evenly so it begins to just kind of roll around and float. And my mm. thing about cooking with a cast iron, it it has a tendency to stick to the bottom, right? Because yeah. when I cook fried chicken, it does never touches the bottom. It hits the oil and it starts to float right away. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Angela, I hope that this uh, answered all your questions. And I think we're going to have to do another episode where Tyler does his uh, very fancy fried chicken. So I do want to hear that recipe at some point. It's kind of wild, man. It's a, it's a little science. It's a little bit of my grandmother. But, you know, we, we serve 180 orders of fried chicken every day. And it's laser perfect every single time. The lemon. I didn't know about the lemon, but I'm going to try that next time. Boom. And I got to tell you, like on the great food truck race, and you and I talk about this all the time. Like I, I like fancy food. Like I, yeah. I try to find fancy restaurants, but more than that, specifically when I'm out on the road, I try to find those little hole in the wall places mm -hmm. 
and e- either I get recommendations for them, uh, and like like the like the little, uh, I'll send you a picture of this joint, this like gas station in uh, in between Alabama and Florida, um, where Donald Link is a friend of mine, a chef in New Orleans. He's like, this place is just, he says, the best fried chicken. You got to get the hot stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it, and I, I drove forty five minutes outside the way to go by this gas station to get this fried chicken. That's how much I love it. I actually had some really, really great fried chicken in Lake Charles, Louisiana. So that's been one of the, like the the beautiful things about traveling around America, shooting the great food truck race, is getting to like, especially in the South, because like, that's just my turf. That's where mm-hmm. I'm from. And uh, to get a chance to taste that stuff, it just takes me home. Love it. Well, you guys keep the questions coming in. If you want to send in an audio message or videos, we'd love that as well. Uh, if you see a new trend on the web that we need to know about, send it in. We're here to educate or debunk, I suppose. Keep the uh, DMs coming in to at two dudes in the kitchen on Instagram and on TikTok. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back on Thursday talking to uh, Nicole Jacks, who is doing all the tips, tricks, hacks, and DIY stuff on the internet. She's got a huge following. It's going to be a fun episode. You do not want to miss it. We'll see you next time. See you, Tyler. See you, bye. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.